TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Up for a Chat with Cindy O'Mara, Karen Smith, and Kim Morrison. Here we are, Up for a Chat, about the hottest topics that are important to you, inspiring you to awaken the change within. I'm Karen Smith. I'm Kim Morrison. And I'm Cindy O'Meara. And in case you didn't pick it up, we're eating. Eating. We are eating. Kim, okay, so let me tell you what I'm looking at while these two girls just absolutely stuff their face. (laughs) So glad she opens. (laughs) We're still chewing. I knew you would be, but I'm doing this so that I can eat while you girls then take over. Okay, all right. So we're sitting here at Kim's house and we've decided to do our podcasting on a really hot day. And it's really, we're, we're all starving. <laughs> so Cindy pulls out her Tupperware lunchbox and she's got the most amaze balls. Oh my God, amaze balls. Pure vegan. Uh, not vegan. A vegan. Yeah, there's a vegan. A vegan. She's got, she's got vegan kind of little pumpkin, cumin, almond, chili baked little numbers. Yeah. Stunning. <laughs> and then she's got meat over rocket meat with, with a white mm. sauce. And then she's got some little papaya and... Mm. Little nutbally things, and then Kim breaks out the chia nutball squares, and then she comes out with tapioca. soaked tapioca in coconut cream, fresh pineapple, and then this gorgeous raspberry compote with sultanas that she did in the thermomix. Stop it! Mm. And some coconut yogurt. Oh my god! Mm. And I'm sitting here with a bowl in front of me, and I haven't been able to touch it because I'm talking to you guys, <laughs> and we're eating, and, so, and I'm watching these two sampling each other's food, making faces like, oh, that's so divine, oh, that's so tasty, oh, can I try a bit of that, oh, wait, <laughs> and she can't, and I can't it. taste a thing, keep going, Kev, keep going, we're still hungry, you bunch we're of tarts, eating. you bunch of tarts, so just tell them what we're doing today, okay, so what we're doing today, mm-hmm. I'll keep going, no, you keep going, yeah, mm-hmm. so what we're actually going to be talking about today is, is marketing, advertising, and persuasion, so while we're sitting here eating a whole bunch of food that's been homemade from one ingredient, where does our marketing, our advertising, and our persuasion come into play? Mm. Where, and I'm a classic example with Matt. This is so funny, actually. I, I, I've had some friends over over the weekend, and we had a barbecue. And I happened to go out to go and buy some milk because I don't have milk in the house. I'm, we're a dairy-free home. And I went out to go and buy milk because they like milk and their coffee and their tea. And I come back, and there is a big bottle of barbecue sauce, big bottle of tomato sauce, big bottle of Worcestershire sauce, um, white salt, black pepper, um, a whole bunch of meat, and some um, sausage rolls. And I'm looking at all of this. Yum! (laughs) And I'm looking at all of this, and what struck me was that, you know, even with Matt, I mean, Matt's not quite... And I'm not, I'm no Cindy or Kim, let me just put it that way, but I'm on my way, I'm getting mm. there. You are so much more than yeah. you say you are. Yeah. And, and then I'm looking at Matt and he's, you know, Matt actually didn't have the tomato, but tomato or barbecue sauce, wouldn't eat it, wouldn't touch it. Bless his little heart. I love him. He wouldn't touch it. But then everybody else, and we had quite a full house, and everybody else was just, you know, hoeing into the tomato sauce, the sausage rolls and everything that we had there, just like normal people do. And it struck me that it was odd that that's what's the acceptable norm. When you have sausage rolls, you have tomato sauce. And when you have meat, you have barbecue sauce. And and then you go and you get a chicken and you get fried chips with it. So you go and get a chicken and chips. And the day before, we'd all gone and got fish and chips. 
So it's just like it was conditioned that when you have fish, you have chips, and when you get a roasted chicken, you get chips, and when you have sausage rolls, you have sauce. It struck me that that's just what we innately mm. do, and we don't even question it. And beautifully timed, I walk in and say to the girls, okay, so what are we talking about today? And Cindy says, we're talking about marketing, advertising, and persuasion, because one of our gorgeous mm. members on our Up For A Chat, podcast, uh, Up For A Chat Facebook page asked us mm. to talk about it. Mm. So we decided, well, we're going to follow her lead and talk about it. And it was just a perfectly timed scenario. So sucked into you girls, because I've just done the opening. <laughs> Introduce what I'm talking about. I'm not finished eating. And you're not finished eating. Over <laughs> <laughs> to you, Cindy. Oh, don't you love how she's eating her tapioca, so it's over to me. Tart. Well, you know, I... Oh, by the way, just, just, this is me. And I'm, I'm about to, let me just, let me just... Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my goodness. That sorry. How good is it? Oh my god. What's that? What's that? I'm so this sorry. is what we learned in Fiji. This is the one we did in Fiji. No, this one, this one. Oh, raspberries and sultanas. Kimmy, that is amazing. So hang on, so what have you put in this? Sorry, listeners, you just have to know about this because I it am in stunning. taste bud yep. heaven. Really? Yeah, that is stunning. Two hundred and fifty grams of frozen raspberries, thawed. With 90 grams, or 80 grams, sorry, of sultanas. Without oil no, and without yeah. preservative. Yep. Just, just blend it. And just blend it in the Thermomix. That's what that is. I've never tasted. I could, I honest, oh, my goodness. I am in right. taste bud heaven. Okay. Really? You just lit your fork. Don't yeah. put it in there. Sorry. She, she <laughs> hates germs. Um, whereas I don't. But, <laughs> no, go. Sorry. I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. I won't be going back into that one because I've got myself a nice big serving, so you go for it. No, no. I'll wait till I get a clean spoon. Um. Because most no, people don't. That's been on your mouth. I know. I've been going to say. The reason it's sultanas, which I've actually gone to now, is because dates is the normal thing that you put in whenever mm. I make it, which has a different taste again. But this mm. is heaven. Mm. All right, I'll get you a spoon. You talk while I get more food. That is absolutely. Just a spoon. No more food needed. That is absolutely. Isn't it? It's amazing. That is extraordinary taste. I'm, I'm, I'm almost beside She's in raptures. She's in raptures. I've how, never tasted How good anything. is it with the tapioca, all the toasted nuts and coconut, mm. coconut yogurt, and then that on the it top? It is just beautiful. Mm. Okay, so let's get to the topic of hand. And it, this whole thing started also, was not only from up for a chat, but also I put something on my Facebook page over the weekend before we actually saw this comment. And I put on and I said... I'd seen a whole bunch of new ads with toothpaste and, and Listerine. Now, if I don't know with Listerine's in America or, or overseas, but in Australia, Listerine is an anti ba- uh, anti what is it? Mm. Well, it's for your mouth mm. and you, bad breath for bad, bad breath, bad breath and, and you you rinse your mouth out antibacterial mouthwash. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. So first of I all, I just swallow my nuts before I. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! I just realised what I just said. I just had to swallow my mouth full of nuts before I... That's actually called teabagging. Elaborate. Oh, Tim! <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, you didn't. I hope you guys didn't hear that. Here you go. Oh, Sorry, Cindy. It's just totally gone over my head. I don't even... I'm you don't trying even to know figure what it out. Saying, no, no, I didn't. know. I'm trying to figure it out. And if for anybody else who out there is trying to figure it out... Don't even... Stop don't even... It. Okay, we won't try. Back to you, Cindy. <clears throat> okay, what was... Oh, so I put something on my Facebook Ooh. about... These new ads on television. And on television at the moment, these ads are saying that there's really bad bacteria in your mouth and that Listerine and these new toothpastes will get rid of all the bacteria in your mouth. Well, number one, that is crap. That is absolute lies. 
because you will never get rid of all the bacteria in your mouth because your mouth is attached to your gut. Your gut must have bacteria in it. And the mouth is the beginning of that place where it's good to have bacteria that then will go through. Bad breath isn't a result uh, for the most part. Gum disease. Are you trying <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's not for the result of... Okay, I have to. I can't. No, I can't go on here. No, 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 no. No, you must continue. It's just Kim opened her mouth and showed me a mouthful of food as she was chewing it. Such an offensive child, really. And Cindy saw that Kim opened her mouth as it was full of tapioca and and sultanas. Stop it! Behave yourself. Please continue, Cindy. That was really important. Okay, it was important. So there's this whole thing. And what marketing and advertising does for the unsuspected buyer and for the unthinking buyer is it it makes you think, oh, my God, do I have a problem with bacteria in my mouth? Absolutely. You know, and and is that, oh, that must be a bad thing because they're telling me that I should be getting this new toothpaste and I should be getting this new Listerine. There is not a problem with bacteria in your mouth. I was going to say, For the if we most didn't have it, we'd uh, be in trouble. Well, we, we need bacteria. Where does bad breath come from then? Tell bad breath it. will come from gum the gut disease. and gum disease, but it, it doesn't come from the bacteria in your mouth. That, like the bacteria in your mouth is so important because that's all part of what you must have throughout the gut. Your gut must have bacteria. With antibiotics, Listerine and these new toothpastes, we're just going to clean the gut out and then we're going to have more health issues, more immune system issues, more allergies, more, you know, all of these diseases. So that got me. This Why? week, that really got me, That ad, those two ads. I just went, oh, come on, people. Why are we doing it, Cindy? Because people know better. We know better. We, but it's people don't know it's, better. It's money. It's just all money-driven, isn't and it? It is all money-driven. They want... Did you know toothpaste wasn't even used? No. Um, probably the early part of last century. And if you read the book The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg, he talks about how they got you to use toothpaste. Nobody used toothpaste. It was their marketing and advertising, and they made people believe that um, if they didn't use it, then it was a bad thing. I I cannot remember the the exact Mm. thing. You'd have to read... I'd have to read the book again. But they... As soon as that happened, I actually stopped using toothpaste. I decided I'm not going to be hoodwinkled into having a toothpaste, so I actually stopped using it. Um, because why do we need toothpaste? Do you use toothpaste now? No, I don't use toothpaste. You don't use toothpaste? I brush. I brush my teeth. What with? With a brush, with a normal brush, but I don't use toothpaste. With a hairbrush? No, not with a hairbrush, with a toothbrush. What do you brush your teeth You with? know what? <laughs> They're looking at me like I'm some kind of alien. <laughs> no, I didn't mean that. If you don't use toothpaste... Do you just use nothing? Nothing now. I've decided to use nothing. You can use vinegar, you can use baking soda, you can use lots of other things. But it was almost like, yeah, yeah, a drop of peppermint oil. There are so many things. Stop having a food fight, you two. Now stop it. (laughs) There are so many things um, that we can use. And and when I realised what the ingredients were of toothpaste and the ingredients of Listerine, I never did Listerine anyway, but when I, I look at the ingredients of it, I go, it's not even optimal for our health. It's not even good for our health. And if it is getting rid of the bacteria, it's the worst thing it can do because bacteria is important from the mouth right to the end of the, the gut. 
right through. It's important. Are you talking about the freckle area? Yeah, the freckle area. Mm. I am. It's really important. So that was, you know, that was what got my goat. And then when um, one of our beautiful listeners said, can we do this? I said, right, you know, this is really important that people understand marketing and advertising. So, you know, we were doing in the beginning, we were doing things that we match. So what, what were you saying, Karen? Um, you know, when you use one thing, oh, sausage rolls and sauce. And sauce. Fish and chips. Or and chips. breakfast cereals and milk. Yeah. You know, it's always, there's always, they've added on something. But what about breakfast cereals? You know, this whole advertising and marketing around breakfast cereals, how it can make you lose weight, how um, it's a great start to the day. It's the worst thing. And when you look at the, the craziness of breakfast cereals, uh, marketing and advertising with breakfast cereals used to be um, that it was the anti, and, and I'm sorry if I offend anybody, but it was the anti-constipating and anti-masturbating breakfast cereal. Oh, what? <laughs> that was the beginning of advertising. Are you okay, Kim? What? I wouldn't have thought that would have worried you. Cornflakes about anti-masturbating. Yeah, for- <laughs> supposed to stop you from masturbating? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's how it was marketed in the beginning. Would you just stop it? Did you not know this? That's the funniest thing I have ever heard, ever. This was the 1930s, I believe. That no this... wonder mums went out and bought it for their teenage sons. Their teenage sons, sons exactly. <laughs> it was known as the anti-constipating and anti-masturbating breakfast cereal. This is how marketing and advertising started. Oh, God, I think that's just the most hilarious thing. I could just kill myself laughing at that. That is hysterical. Well, let's look at the history behind it. No so, way. The person who started Kellogg's Corn Flakes was Dr. Kellogg's. Dr. Kellogg's owned um, a sanitarium in Iowa, USA. And the sanitarium was where people could come and get well. And he was a, um, a Seventh-day Adventist. And Seventh-day Adventists are vegans. They're, you know, they're vegetarians and they're vegans. And, and so he promoted a vegan, vegetarian lifestyle. And so if there was no meat, then there was, you know, there was grains and cereals. And so he figured out how to make cornflakes and he promoted it. He um, said everything was a result of constipation um, or sex. He believed that all ill health was a result of this. So then he felt that this type of food that it was eating would help with this. So when you went to the sanitarium, you were told to abstain from sex and probably masturbating um, and to eat this food. And so it then that's how it got marketed. That was the beginning of cornflakes. That's how cereals oh, were marketed. Oh, I'm gobsmacked by that. They don't market it that way these days, do they? Well, they actually do. What? We're just a little bit more sexually liberated, but we believe that we can become Iron Man if we eat a breakfast cereal, or we might be able to do a bungee jump, or we can have the best day of our life if we have a breakfast cereal. Or we can be young, footloose, and fancy-free, skinny, drinking Diet Coke. Yeah, so they, they actually... How did we jump from breakfast cereals to Diet Coke like that, Kimmy? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'll just go back to eating. <laughs> Okay, well, that just stops the whole breakfast cereal thing now. Sorry. No, no, no. Go back to breakfast cereals. I was just using it as an example. I'm excited about the masturbation. (laughs) (laughs) Let me give you some cornflakes, huh? And you'll be fine, darling. She eats them. We just don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But isn't one of the the suppliers of of breakfast cereals sanitarium? (laughs) Isn't that a brand? Yes. Sanitarium? Yes, it is. Yes, and, it is. And cornflakes? Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> and they are actually owned by Seventh-day Adventists. Not that I have any... There's nothing... No, I'm not, no, no. It's nothing not, about it's not, that. This, this is not, not about that. conversation. This is just conversation. This is just how things are marketed. Shut the front door. 
Well, Coca-Cola was actually marketed in the 60s now that we're on Diet Coke. <laughs> so there wasn't a mistake. So no, it wasn't a mistake. In the 60s, um, Coca-Cola was advertised as, as a, a really good thing to get babies off breast milk. <gasps> yeah. Are you kidding? No, I'm not. You, you go and have a look at the old advertising. Oh, so I'm going to do that. Yeah, yeah. You have a look up Coca-Cola advertising. I'm doing it now. In the 60s, and you'll see a young kid with a mother, and Coke makes life better. Everything made, you know, Coke make life better. So all this marketing and advertising, you know, we're a little bit more... Uh, you think we're a little bit more liberated and uh, we might question these things, but we don't. We still believe that these foods make life better and, uh, you yeah. know, it's just... Um, well, it's just saying here, just back to Listerine. Yeah. Listerine. Well, We've gone from breakfast cereals to well, Coke. I'm just interested in all these she big does brands. It's, 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 she's a bit scattered <laughs> sometimes, you know. I think it's so schizo. All right, let's go back to Listerine. <laughs> um, Listerine became a clear and early example of a larger trend marketing campaign, com- campaigns, inventing problems that the product is allegedly to, able to solve. Exactly. <laughs> constant marketing is all about solving a problem. Well, it's all about creating a problem that you can then solve because people don't know they have a problem until you tell them they have a problem and then they go, oh, my God, that's right, I do masturbate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stuck on that. You are. I'm stuck you are. I'm trying to... I'm trying to Get this on the iPad. And what here. is the problem with masturbating, though? Like for these young teenage boys, like seriously, it's probably well, better out it's than a problem. <laughs> oh, must you? But but the whole it's always going to be someone's going to take it too far. Is what but I'm the whole saying. thing was, it was his principles. So and clearly, he, he had the problem. He had the problem about it. And then, I guess oh, in the 1920s, we were not. We were not. Al- he went blind. <laughs> Um, and there was a black and white one with a baby and a mother. I'm just trying to find. It's not there. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, there's, there's like, you know, uh, tons and tons of pages here. You want about the 1960s is when, you know, it was, it was seen as something that was really healthy for the child and that you should bring your children up on Coca-Cola and that it was a wonderful, healthy thing. Well, speaking of Coca-Cola, remember that double-page oh, ad I gave you from yeah. New Zealand with a dietitian yeah. whose name shall... Who shall remain nameless? Nameless. Nikki Hart. Um, <laughs> who said, 
that there is more calcium in a glass of Coke than there is milk. <laughs> Hang on, who said that? A, a, a dietitian, dietitian in New Zealand who will remain nameless, Nikki Hart. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I just can't believe that she would put her name to that, though. No. She's a well-known dietitian. So maybe here. she's being paid by Coke. Well, you'd have to be to say something well, like that. When, when you have a look at the dietitians in America... Um, and who supports them? And mm. it's it's all the food companies, including Coca Cola. Mm. Uh, Coca Cola's got a new cookbook out. I know. We saw. <laughs> when did we see that in Fiji? Mm. We saw that at the. It was someone sent it to us, but they've yeah. got a new cookbook. But just just kind of <clears throat> all products, even from me, from a skincare point of view, you know, eliminate wrinkles in seven days. Um, you know, get rid of skin tone issues and all that sort of thing. My my big bugbear up there with Coke is um, things like Proactive and Clarisil oh and goodness. Um, you know these young teenagers who oh. obviously seem to have skin problems or acne or issues around rosacea and things like that are told either to go into Roaccutane A by a dermatologist or they're told to use Clarisil or Proactive. Then they have these big named celebrities endorsing it like Justin Bieber and I think Katy Perry and those sorts of people. So everyone thinks it's okay. In fact the amount of people that say to me very innocently, oh, well, my son's been using Proactive, like, that was a great thing, and I just sit there going, oh, my God, gosh. It's the most damaging thing. Oh, my gosh. And it's such great marketing it's and advertising. It's bleach. Yeah. It's, it's bleach. It's bleach, bleach, bleach is it? Yeah. Bleach is your towels. Oh, my God. Because it's benzoyl peroxide. Mm. Oh, a friend of mine actually started using it, and she was 33, and she came to me, and she said to me, Karen, what do I do with my skin? And I looked at her neck, and her neck was peeling, and all around her face was all peeling. And I said to her, for goodness sake, get off whatever it is you use. I'm using proactive, she said, because I get, still get pimples. Oh, oh my God. goodness. I've never, I've never, and I'm a beauty therapist, <clears throat> and I've seen faces. I've never seen skin damage like that, mm-hmm. ever. I've never seen anything more horrendous. It's the worst thing to put on skin. Oh. Um, <clears throat> and then the drug of choice is roaccutane. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And roaccutane dries up does everything. cause death. And you're told um, if you should, you should pregnant. not fall pregnant no on way. that drug. And no. I think if it does that, what is it doing to your body? Oh, no. I know. Um, another interesting thing, you might well, be you able to... you definitely can't masturbate. Well, you'd be safe to. Well, no, but it dries up everything. Oh, right. Just the same. <laughs> Be able to get off this, Ali. <laughs> we just pulled it back. We came back. We, just, we had just got her back to normal. And she's <laughs> sorry. Is that true? Dries yeah, Roaccutane dries up everything. Yeah, it dries up your eyes. It dries up your skin. Dries up all the bodily fluids. Do you Saliva. know I have a really good rule of thumb? If the drug has more consequences than that thing it's fixing, why do you why take do it? it? It's true, right? I love the fact that a warning for Viagra is that it could cause impotence. <laughs> <laughs> no, really? That's what it said on the TV in America when I was seeing it. Don't you love the ad, the drug ads in America? Oh, I do. And they actually confess that this could kill you. So consult your physician <laughs> before it's too late. Um, okay, another one I'd like to ask you. You mm-hmm. might be able to help me on this. Mm-hmm. A doctor told me this, a, a, a holistic doctor. She said that this is how powerful marketing is. Let me ask you both. The, the, the vitamin drink, a Barocca, is to give you which vitamin? B. Right? B, 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 B. Right. B, 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 B,
There's no B in Barocca? <laughs> well, by the time it effervesces, mm-hmm. it actually just becomes a major vitamin C hit. It's not B, you don't get any B at oh, all. Really? So when those tablets effervesce, according to this doctor, she said, there's no vitamin B, very little if it is. And anyway, the whole lot of it's synthetic. But I just thought, isn't that interesting and clever marketing that mm. we think we're getting a B hit, but in fact, if anything, it's a vitamin C hit. I just think, are we that and then gullible? The vitamin, yeah. and, but the, and that's the thing. And then the vitamin C is usually made from genetically modified corn or wheat that turns to glucose and it goes through a bunch of reactions before it becomes ascorbic acid. Now, ascorbic acid isn't vitamin C. And B1, if it is in Barocca, B1 comes from the petrochemical industry. It doesn't come from food. Uh, and it goes through a bunch of chemical processes in, in order to get there. Or they may genetically modify a microorganism and put them on a genetically modified glucose oh. um, petri dish. You know, I, I just... I just think people... Wouldn't you just have a big green drink? Exactly. Take your colloidal minerals and your and your green powder. Yeah, and just take food. Just eat food like what we're doing right now. You know, we, we've just had a beautiful feast. Not one thing has come, you know, from... A package. A package. It's all single ingredient that we've made these beautiful foods up. And, and let's talk about marketing and advertising of foods other than breakfast cereal. And cornflakes at that. You started this whole thing. Yeah, I know I did. Actually, you did start it. I didn't know you didn't know this. No, we didn't. But thanks for sharing. Yes. Because it is hilarious. Yeah, it is hilarious, isn't it? But the thing is, is that I don't think it's any different now. We still Mm. believe the crap they're telling us about these breakfast cereals. And if you have a look at breakfast cereals... They're the worst food that you could ever even eat, let alone start your day with. You know, they're, they're going to throw your sugar level up and going to create real problems. But let's just look at perceptions that foods have mm. that persuade us about things. So if I was to ask you, what's the best takeaway place to eat? Now, I know you guys probably wouldn't eat at a takeaway place, but it, what's the perception out there in the Western world is the best takeaway place out of, let's say, McDonald's, Burger King, Pizza Hut and Subway. I've been told Subway so many times. Subway. Best as in terms of healthy. Yeah. What, what's the perception out there in the marketplace? Well, McDonald's has now got salads and wraps. <laughs> and cereal. <laughs> Be serious, Kim. And uh, food that has 87 ingredients in it. Which has been given the heart tick of approval. Mm-hmm. McDonald's has. Well, it did. It hasn't got it anymore. It had it for three years. Oh, what? for God's sake, you're joking. No, I'm not. It had 87 ingredients in it, the heart tick of approval. You can't... Um, and, that, and that's another... That is another marketing and advertising Add that to masturbating, persuasion. because that mm-hmm. I just didn't know. Yeah, three years that. they had the heart tick of approval. And, um, and it was given because the food was low in fat, low in salt, had a few nutrients in it. But when you look at the ingredients, oh. there was 87 ingredients. I actually went to McDonald's and I said, can I have the ingredients of the foods that have the heart tick of approval on it? And um, they said, oh, we don't know where to find it. And I said, well, you better have it because it's your responsibility to have these ingredients. And finally they found a manual um, and they gave me the manual. And I started to look at the ingredients and I counted them and then I looked at ones that have been banned around the world that are available and the heart tick of approval is given to them. This is a, this is a, a tick that maybe we need to add the word propaganda to this. This is just a big joke. It is It is a big joke, and, and it is propaganda, and, and they're making money. Um, the Heart Foundation's making money 
to um, get the tick. To you, get you pay to you get the pay tick? to get the tick, but you still have to reach the criteria. But you still pay for it. I believe the criteria is eighty-seven ingredients and one. No, the criteria they never look at the ingredients. They're only interested in the nutritional value. So low in fat, low in salt. Don't care about the sugar. It could have. 70% sugar, and they'll still get the ticket approval because they do not have a criteria for well, sugar. They give them in a so, so, so they don't look at the ingredients? No, no, they don't look at the ingredients. They only look at the nutritional value. So this could have, like... BHA, BHT... Boracic acid in it. And 106, could have 106 in it, which has been banned in England but not here in Australia because it causes hyperactivity in children. Could have 102, could 110... Uh, it could have propylene glycol. Uh, you know, it could have any of these ingredients in it. Yet the Heart Foundation does not look at ingredients. They look at the nutritional value of it. Is the Heart Foundation What's the global? Point of them? I had two questions together. You did. You know, Answer mine first. What was your? <laughs> <laughs> you brat. Um, is the Heart Foundation global or is it just Australian? No, there's an American Heart Foundation. I don't know if they do ticks over there. There's a British Heart Foundation. Um, Unilever, I think, supports them. If you have a look at their partners, it's quite horrific. It's like the Dietetics Association in the US. When you look at their partners and the people, this is what gets me, is that at the people that are, um, are teaching the dietitians there, you know, they have to do so many points every year to remain dietitians, are these foods, are these food companies such as Coca-Cola, such as Unilever, such as Nestle. You know, they're actually giving the education to these dietitians. It's not, it's not good. It's not good at all. So when you, you it's know... It's so corrupt. It, it, yeah, it is political. Really, and it's yeah. just it is so corrupt. <clears throat> For the sake of money? For the sake of money, I guess. And, and maybe they think they're doing it right. I don't know. Does the Heart Foundation know they're doing the wrong thing? Do, do they understand that they're perpetuating... The, the problems that we've got today by not looking at sugar because we know sugar is a major problem by not looking at sugar and having a criteria for sugar by giving the tick of approval to foods like lean cuisine mm. you know even the name lean cuisine you want to go out and buy it because you can be lean mm. but when you look at the ingredients of lean cuisine they're no different to mcdonald's mm. they have like 50 ingredients in them um like i looked at one lean cuisine that had um, mashed potato and I think it was beef and red wine. Now, for me, that would be four or five ingredients to make something like that. Yeah. But when you read the ingredients, it just kept going on, going and going. And I think it went for like 15 lines of ingredients. Oh, well, they all taste the same. I used to eat them years and years and years ago. Oh, they taste the same, 10, 15 years ago when I was working in Sydney and I was really, really busy. <clears throat> I'd skip my breakfast, I'd have a sandwich for lunch and then I'd have lean cuisine for dinner and I thought that, that would keep my weight down. It never actually did. Mm. But they all taste the same because when you take fat out of the food and mm. then you freeze it, it loses all and of the flavour. And you put sugar in it. So yeah. then they've got to put the flavour yeah. back in and then they all taste the same. <clears throat> yeah. I know. And, and we perceive things. We actually perceive things to be healthy. So Subway is one that is seen as the healthy takeaway. But when we go to Subway and we actually look at the ingredients of Subway, they're no different to the chicken at McDonald's or the meat at McDonald's. You read the ingredients on it, it's not real chicken. And am I right in being told that the bread that you get at Subway where it says baked fresh every day, that dough is actually made in America and sent out here frozen? Uh, look, I've, so I've heard it, it, but I, can't, oh. I don't know. I, I have no idea. Mm. Um, I haven't asked a Subway person or I haven't asked anyone if that's the, the case. But we, we have these perceptions and we nearly, really need to question 
all marketing and advertising and, and what's pulling us to to something and, and what is persuading us to do it and having a little bit of um, common sense, a little bit of nous about what we are actually looking at when we are watching advertising and marketing. You know that you've probably seen bio oil advertised on TV. Yes. And what's it known for? Because uh, I've never... Bio stretch oil. marks. Stretch marks. Oh, okay. Very cleverly marketed and everything. It's a petrochemical. And people lather it on their bodies while they're pregnant to stop stretch marks and mm. things like that. Mm. And I just sit there and it's this orange, funny, coloured oil. And I just go... Oh my gosh, it's so cleverly marketed. Mm-hmm. And you, you could go and buy cold, you'd be better off going to your pantry and putting cold pressed olive oil on your tummy and rubbing that in for stretch marks. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't get it. Oh, well, I do get it. It's advertising, it's, it's, it's creating a problem and then having a product to answer it that's cheap yeah. and then they can make a lot of money off it. And that's so interesting because I did lots and lots of sales training as I was growing up. My dad was a sales trainer and, um, you know, everybody. When I was growing up in my field of influence was all about you've got to be a great salesperson, you've got to be a great salesperson, make sure you learn to be a great salesperson. And I was never born with that gift of the gab. I never I mean I talk <laughs> I talk a lot. Sorry. But I'm not a salesperson's bootlace, let's face oh, it. Okay. And yeah. she's not blind. <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> but everywhere that I went when I was doing my sales training um, and everywhere that I went, even when I was doing my speaker training, was very heavily geared towards the um, people, the community, humanity, has no idea of the number of problems they have. Mm. They do not know the n- number of problems they have, nor do they know the severity. They just go about life normally until the brilliant salesperson comes along and says, did you know that you have got bacteria crawling all over your skin and all over your tables and all over your floors, therefore you now require Domestos? I'm just using that as the only way to get rid of it. It's true. Yeah. Or or even the... The, the, the bacteria on your hands, you know, no longer do you have to even push the... Ba- the Kills 99.9% of all germs. Yeah. Well, that, was good. that was good. That was a good advertising yeah. was. But the public don't know they have a problem until the great salesperson oh. creates the problem and the public goes, oh, oh, my God, there's a problem. And then the great salesperson says, ah, but never mind. We have the solution. I have the solution. Mm. And it will cost you a little more than you want to pay. So you're always pricing just a little bit above mm-hmm. what the person wants to pay. But when they go, oh, no, that's too expensive, you say, yeah, but what's the cost of the bacteria? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to your fortune with tooth, teeth repairs. And... Well, and this is the thing. So, the, so you know, we've been really well, salespeople have been, and marketing companies, and, 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 and you know, when it's all money-driven, have been extremely well trained on mm. the psychology of what makes a person fearful and everything is driven out of fear. Mm. And, and I, you know, it's so funny because I just wrote down fear-based. Everything, everything is fear-based. We will, we will go to war to prevent something happening rather than pursuing what we actually want. know what's going to be healthier for us. Mm. We will go to war mm. to fight for what we're frightened of. Mm. We're frightened of being taken over by another country. We're frightened of losing our oil supply. We're frightened of our banking system collapsing. We will go to war to prevent what we're frightened of. But we won't do anything. Yeah. Well, let's look at something that is very frightening for a lot of people, and that's cancer. And, you know, marketing and advertising on cancer. Do you know there are more people making money 
from cancer than dying from cancer. Oh, my God. And same in weight loss. Yeah, yeah, it would be. Yeah. Um, So people almost crave these major issues in order to find a way to make money. Well, I I think they're being created on on a fair base. Um, But the pink ribbon, you know, you look at the pink ribbon... um, I look at that and I just, I cringe every time I see it. I actually can't support things with it. No, I can't support, I won't buy anything with the pink ribbon on it. And the reason I won't buy anything with the pink ribbon in it um, is because that I saw Kentucky Fried Chicken, that if you bought a pink thing of Kentucky Fried Chicken, you could actually um, give money to the Cancer Foundation. I'm like going... What's that? What what is the point of that? And you know what, Kimmy, today I sent you an email... Mm -hmm showing all the cosmetics that have got the pink ribbon on it, uh, that if you buy it, you will actually contribute, to, contribute to the the pink ribbon. Yet a lot of the cosmetics had chemicals in it that cause cancer. Don't you love that one? Now you God, just up it's a, just, it's just so, so stupid. So you have brought up an amazing point. Don't you think then marketing is emotionally based? Is it emotionally driven, well, emotionally based? Well, here's the thing. From a neurological perspective, our emotions all live inside of the limbic brain, which is designed to interpret our survival. So if we can, if they can hit survival, it, it creates an emotion. And the emotion is fear. It's fight or flight. It's, so absolutely, if, mm. if, if, if marketing companies go after our survival in some way, shape or form, they've got us. They've got us. It's mind-boggling. And, and they know. They know. They, that's, it's all designed that way. There are gazillions of dollars that are invested in marketing companies Teaching people how to tap into the fear response. All right, well, let's look at drug companies. You know, they've created the problem of cholesterol. You know, cholesterol is the, is the issue. Um, and then they found the solution, which is a drug. And now we know that it's been the biggest fast of all. It's been the biggest fast of all with this whole cholesterol and the whole statin drugs. But they created the problem. Cholesterol's a problem. Let's get rid of cholesterol. Now let's give you statin drugs. We'll solve the problem. Oh, my God. Do you think they actually sit there and do that? I have no idea. Do you think they sit there and create a problem and then they map it out? How It's it's a business plan? Could be. Who knows? Are we being conspiracy? What's the word? Conspiracy theorists. You always make it. Yeah, that. (laughs) One of those. One of those. Well, you know, there's a lot of people who are actually talking about all of that in terms of how a lot of our drugs have actually come into the marketplace. And, you know, I'm not going to say that I know anything about it because I actually don't. But it's just what I've heard, people talking about vaccines, autism, you know, lots of different things about what... Why, why certain products actually land up in the marketplace. Mm, mm. And a lot of it is financially orientated as opposed to it being for the betterment of humanity. And if you think about the fallout and if you think about the end result, the result actually shows that it's not for the betterment of humanity. In fact, it's to the detriment of humanity and somebody's making a SH1T load of money. <laughs> <laughs> I think I actually said it in one podcast. You did, which is why I thought I would be a little bit more polite about it because I've spoken a lot about masturbation. <laughs> in this last Another podcast. favourite topic of yours. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of a product I could create for masturbation. I think my everyday body lotion would go down quite well. Oh, you tart. <laughs> do, you, do you know, just getting off that comment and going to another one. Yes, do that. Is that in America at the moment, allergies are huge. Oh. Just huge. And it, and it came to my um, notice. I had, a girlfriend of mine's just come back from America and I was having dinner with her. And she was sitting there going like this. She was going... <clears throat> <clears throat> and she kept, you know, really having a problem. I said, what's wrong? She said, well, 
I guess being in America, I must have got an allergy. I don't know what's happening. And I said, oh, you just need salt and water. That's all you need. And mm. so I bought my salt out and I told her to drink 500 ml of water and an eighth tip, teaspoon of salt. Immediately, the, the tickling in her throat just disappeared because the tickling in the throat is histamine reacting to probably um, an airborne substance and you might get a sniffly nose, you might get watery eyes, you may um, sneeze a lot. This is all to tell you that histamine uh, is out and about because your water and salt is not right. So instead of, there's so many drug companies with so many advertising and marketing for histamine or antihistamines on the in the American market as well as the Australian market, and it's one of the top sellers. Yet all they need is salt and water for the most part. Did everybody hear that? Eighth of a teaspoon of salt, five hundred ml of water. Whenever you get the watery eyes, the sniffling lows, and it may take a couple of days, but for Amanda, it just immediately it just stopped. She just went, "Wow, you need to tell America about this." You know, she's just been in America speaking. But... I think you just did because we're number twenty four right now. <laughs> At the time we're recording, who knows by the time they're listening. Ah, too right, that. Touche. Touche. Having said that, let me say this. (laughs) And And when I've said that, I'll say this. (laughs) The salt and water. Mm, Let's think about that. Could Mm. we make a lot of money? No, not anything. Mm. Good quality lies. salt has to be good quality salt. There we go. Mm. And no, an eighth wait, no we, we can't make. Well, you know what? We could put it in a little capsule without propylene glycol. Yes, but how are we going to find that? See, this is the issue: is that um, this is how they sit around a table like we're doing, and we're going, "Well, salt and water works, right? Let's put it in a capsule. Let's sell it for. You know, we might be able to buy it for three dollars a kilo, but let's sell it for two hundred and fifty dollars because it's going to help. Maybe you know, maybe that's the way they do it." And then you know what's even more interesting is that I was I, no no oh before okay. you go there all, right, all, right. Before all I go three there, of us let me go here yeah and when I've been there <laughs> let me go there this has been a very this naughty been podcast. very very naughty podcast um, you were saying Kim I've lost my train of thought um, it was about the salt and water oh, all three of in us putting glycol capsule no. <laughs> All three of us have our own business. Yes. How do we sell? Ethically. Mm. With truth. Mm. And, and I do. And it's like, I will not bring anything out unless I will use it myself. Mm. Now, you tell me how many of those drug companies are taking antihistamines, statin drugs, um, uh, well, there's lots of animals, antidepressants. Lots of animals are taking it, though, being forced to take it, which is what's the proof, isn't it? That's how they're proving how good it is. Oh, yeah. But, you know, my, my nephew, oh, who's a chemical so... engineer, who's working with carbon at the moment, really questions the validity of scientific experiments to be precise as what they're making out to be in, the, um, in, the rep- in their reports or in their, what are they called? Um, why have I, I lost that word? Anyway, um, you know, with uh, studies, in their studies. He just says, we're having enough trouble with just carbon being carbon dioxide, let alone something that has 20 carbons, such as vitamin A, and when we're producing vitamin A or when they're producing a drug. So these girls are writing notes to each other at the moment, and I've finished my conversation right now, So, and they have no idea what I've said, so I could just continue and talk about uh, anything else. <laughs> Sorry, you got caught. Do you know when a teacher catches two people uh, writing notes to each other? Well, I just caught these two and they have no idea what I've said. I think marketing is is quite an important topic. Um, 
Okay, so I can't even think now. You are such a tart. <laughs> she writes me a note. I'm even going to tell you what she said. <laughs> I can't repeat what she said. Um, okay, so we went back to ethical selling. So the companies that we do believe in, the companies that we trust, the companies that we actually really feel indebted to, tell me some of the companies that you believe that you feel you can trust, that you really like the way they market, the way they sell, the way they campaign, the way they do things. One of the companies I love is Intimo. Kim just... <laughs> you are such a tart. We know, we know why she said Intimo, because next week our guest is a very, very, very amazing person <laughs> who does very well with Intimo, so we thought we'd say that with, anyway. But I actually do have to say to yeah. and Kim just mouthed to me, like, she just said, she just looks at me and she goes, she looks at me and she goes, I wasn't asking you. <laughs> We crack up laughing. Well, what, what about cosmetic companies, makeup companies, um, skincare companies, skincare companies, uh, food companies? You know, like Changing Habits, Twenty Eight. Yes, have you got one there? Quantum Karen? Leadership, Quantum group. Leadership Group, <laughs> Karen Smith International. But there are ethical companies out there, and it's not just us doing it. There are other people out yeah, there absolutely. doing it. But that's and, why I like going into really good quality health food stores yeah. and places like that, because a lot of them. Mind you, having said that, <laughs> I've said it again. Having said that, let me say this. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's one of those faux pas. Um, there is still a lot of question around some products that I see in health food stores. Yeah, yeah. So you still have to do your research. You mm. still have to really look for yourself. Why is there no standards society ethical standard ship thing? Who flicky stuff? Like a like a governing body type thing. Yes, mm. that would be the word. Well, the governing body is the Food Standards Australia New Zealand, <laughs> who are doing nothing to protect us from some of the additives that are coming in that have been banned around the world. Um, they're still allowing BPA. So I'm, I don't even look at authorities like that anymore because I actually believe that they have been run by other companies that are making, you know, loads more money. So when I look at a company that's ethical, I actually look at behind the scenes. I want to know what they're doing, why they're doing it. I want to look at their products. So if I see Loving Earth, you know, this is an Australian company that I really love. They're a food company. Um, very similar to Changing Habits, probably a little bit more advanced than what I am. But Loving Earth is a company that I really trust. And if they ever bring out anything that I don't trust, which they never have, I would be I would say that they've been bought out by somebody. Because that's the other thing, mm. is that you may find a company that you absolutely love and trust, and then they've been bought out. Burt's Bees. Mm. Who owns Burt's Bees? Um, one of the big boys. Is yeah, it Clarence it's Clarence or, or something has been bought out by Burt's but Burt's Bees. So I start to read oh. the ingredients on Burt's Bees and I go, it's mm-hmm. not even like that anymore. Food companies are always being bought out. Is Burt's Bees not good anymore? Oh, well, it's not, it's been bought out by another company. And, and, so they, they, and they want to cut margins or they yeah. want to increase profits. So therefore they put in the cheapest synthetic materials and things yeah. and they change things around yeah. and yeah. still keep it looking and smelling the same because that's what the beauty of science and technology is. But, mm. but it's not the same ingredients that what, what Burt's Bees started as. Um, and food companies are the same. I, I look at a, a beautiful food company that is, um, you know, it's, it's a cottage industry food company. And they get bought out by somebody, and when they get bought out by somebody, uh, they'll then change the ingredients. So it might be a tomato relish, or it might be um, some sort of beautiful sauce that has the right ingredients in my way of thinking. But then when it's bought out by that company, you've got to start reading the ingredients. Like, so that's why I've gotten to the point where I, I only buy one ingredient now. I only trust what I do. Mm. I, I'm sick of 
feeling or falling for a company that I think is right because I read their ingredients and then they they sell and we don't know that they've sold. I'll tell you who just sold for fifty three million. Um, T two T T two T's. What are they called? Mm-hmm. T twos. She just sold to Nestle. Maybe I, I may have that wrong. I can't remember. But she sold to a huge company. It was um. Anyway, it was just she got fifty three million for it. And I kind of go, are they going to change her teas? Although uh, many of her teas have flavourings in them anyway, so I don't don't actually do their teas. But this is what happens. You have a little cottage Unilever. industry company. Unilever bought Unilever. it. Unilever, yeah. And so, yeah. About, but you were just saying then go to one ingredient. So there even one ingredient oh, you have to I trust. Know, I know. You know, like dates, sultanas. Mm. They all have vegetable oil on them. Or not all, I shouldn't say that. But most of them out there have mm. ingredients on them we don't even know about. Yeah. What about the companies like in the skincare world? What I learned when I was doing the, when I started our skincare company, is that I could buy in bulk a, a base cream and then add my oils and clays and masks and herbs and all of those things to it to create my brand. But then I discovered what those base creams were. And it was totally unethical. But I would not have to list that on my ingredients jar so even natural companies i get scared and i'm sorry Mm. and i don't want to knock any of them but some of them i i really have to question because Mm. you don't know where the base product is from or how it's formulated so okay so we're talking about all these problems and we know that there's issues out there how do we the consumer stop the barrage stop the the hype or buy cut through the hype and buy reality how do we know what that is you know last week we actually talked about um not even having the television on, not having the radio on, you know, doing podcasts or watching documentaries or watching movies or watching, getting television shows after they've been through and just watching them without advertising and marketing. But then you you leave your house and there's marketing everywhere. Like Woolworths had the fresh food people and then they had a donut on one of their um, mm. signs between Toowoomba and Ipswich. You know, so... you. And what about the lady on Facebook that one of our beautiful followers said, um, you know, she, then she sees that and then she arrives at the car park and now someone's selling her to buy it to clean her car while she's there. And she just said, her question was, when will it stop? Yeah. But I guess the thing is, everybody, if you're a small business, you're trying to find every angle you can to sell your product. And this is where I, one, of my, one of my beautiful business mentors said to me, you know, Kim, there's nothing wrong with making money. It's just making ethical money. Yes. That's what matters. Yes. And I think that's where maybe there's a very distinct line is to, you know, I would love to think we could all be self-employed or, or be employed by people we want to work for and, and earn ethical dollars. I would just struggle very much. I, I Honestly, I know we've talked about animal testing before. I don't know how those people work and be paid in those environments to test products on animals. Mm. That is just so cruel. Um, I don't know how people get paid to work in anything that's laundering money or, you know, stealing or, or taking advantage of old people or anything like that. But to the unsuspecting consumer who has a great salesperson, mm. it's very hard if you're trusting and, you know, it's breeding. It's breeding a whole lot of scepticism and or total naivety, thinking that this is going to work. How does a cream do these things? How does a food make you feel that way? Like, no. seriously? I th- I actually think what needs to happen is that whoever's listening needs to become educated, become really educated as far as um, 
everything that they're purchasing. And, be, and you don't have to do this all tomorrow. But do it step by step. First of all, look at your foods. Look at where you can buy local produce, where you can buy you know, local foods, local dairy, local um, meats. So try and be as ethical as you can there. Then if you're buying nuts and seeds and things like that, maybe find somebody um, that you know isn't adding vegetable oils or dextrose or rice flours or you know, all the things that they seem to add to our nuts and our dried fruit. And once you've found that in your local area, that's a really good start. And then you start in your bathroom. So they would look for products like yours, Kim, and, and really look at um, the perfumes and what are the perfumes made up of? And do they really want to support the perfume industry? And do they really want to support other cosmetic industries? So that would be the next thing. Then it would be the bath, the, bath, the laundry. Uh, what are the, the things that you're using in your laundry? And then your kitchen. And slowly but surely go through. And then in your, you know, around your, your yards. And, and start to become an ethical and sustainable consumer. And educate yourself in, in what is a scam and what isn't a scam as far as our marketing and advertising come. And it's hard when you've got people all around you going, oh, they wouldn't put it in there if it wasn't bad, if it was bad for you, or they wouldn't do that if it wasn't good for you. That's sadly what mm. the majority of people think, or that's how they argue when someone says, no, I don't want to use it. Mm. I think it comes back to also what happens in your home, because we've got to teach our kids not to trust the marketing. So we've got to get our kids to start asking questions. We've got to get our kids to say, oh, really? Is Sprite going to make me skinny? Yeah, yeah. My kids, my kids, this is really funny. So we'll be, if we are watching television and an ad comes on, my kids sit there in absolute fear that Howard and I are going to make a comment about the ad. Oh, <laughs> oh God, here we go. Tanya just sits there and goes... Oh, what are they going to say? What are they going to say? Because we always have a comment to say about every ad if we are watching it. Well, my kids have the comments. <laughs> oh, they have the comments. They're always commenting on the ads on TV. It's, it's actually I, I hilarious. I think it might be good to watch television and watch the ads and maybe have a conversation about it with your kids. Mm. Maybe it would be a good place to start. It's you know, there's a there's the morning show that's on and they have a dietitian or a nutritionist that comes on and she just cracks me up because she's a lovely, lovely woman. But she advocates for Diet Coke and she advocates for diet drinks and she advocates for margarine over butter. And she um, Is that the Irish or the Scottish or the That's her. Yeah. She advocates yeah. that yeah. crap. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. yeah, yeah. And whatever your name is. <laughs> She's so gorgeous. Oh, and she's beautiful. She is beautiful. She's gorgeous. She is. She's got a great personality. There was one guy, one chef, who put something on Facebook on his Facebook page saying, "Just act, just dehydrated, just just um, soaked and activated activated my nuts, and just about to sit down and watch some telly with you know my new nuts." (laughs) Anyway, and there was a whole bunch of feedback about his nuts. On Facebook, but then the next day it actually made its way to the morning show. Oh. And she came on and they said, you know, does activating your nuts do anything to you? She said, absolutely not. There's no proof that it does anything to the nuts and, you know, just keep eating your nuts the way that you normally do. So she, um, she was, she's just an amazing, she, she's an amazing woman and just, and just gorgeous. But when she comes on and she does her thing, Matt now actually goes, is that right, hun? Is that, is that, is that, is that right? Is she telling the truth there? And I go, no, not at all. We do not believe in Diet Coke. Let's ring Cindy. (laughs) (laughs) 
just to make sure. I was actually I was actually on a show with her, a magazine show with her, and we were in opposing. We were opposing because I was, you know, talking about butter and, and the whole cholesterol yeah. thing, and yeah. and she went, you know, that I that she basically said anybody who's saying things that she's saying is wrong. You know, mm. you must have margarine, and, and if you've got high cholesterol, then you need to get it down. Yeah. And, and I'm like going, what's happening now is that years. On it was probably a couple of years ago. There's more and more evidence coming out about this whole this whole thing. But I think the problem lies in the facts, Cindy. And correct me if you think I'm wrong with this: is that there are people who are being funded by the major conglomerates who are positioned as experts. And when people go on telly, they are positioned as an expert. Mm-hmm. Bottom line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And those are the people who are funded, and in some way, shape, or form. They're the people who we're, we're listening to because they're positioned as experts. What is the person supposed to do? Yeah. And a lot of time the person interviewing them has their own agenda with how they interviewed them as well. You and don't the way they get, want it to yeah. go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, well, it's a uh, challenge, isn't it? Well, and, and as far as... So I know you have a stand, Miss Karen, um, about... <laughs> Um, buying cosmetics and things like that now. Yours is always around, your first point of call now is around animal testing. Both of us have that real strong value. So if you're going, so Cindy we know from a food perspective is about looking at the ingredients, looking at the company, whether it's ethical and sustainable. What's ours around, you can answer for me. No, um, right. But seriously, looking at, at products in the home, looking at products on our skin, looking at all that, how would you say you don't buy into the marketing, the propaganda and all that? What's, what's some of your guidelines well before i started hanging out with you two um (laughs) as frequently as we do (laughs) i didn't have a stand but now i definitely do and that i don't i don't actually find that i pay any attention to the advertising and if i do see any of the advertising i actually get a little offended Mm. and that's really the only language that i can use that's the only way that it kind of feels it feels offensive to me Mm. that somebody who positions themselves as a great supplier of product for humans can be that naive and that ignorant. I get a little angry. Mm. That naive and that ignorant that they would blatantly call me an idiot. Yes. That's the way that I look at it. When I see L'Oreal, and I mean, I'm just going to use L'Oreal because they advertise all the time on telly with their hair conditioners and shampoos and stuff, and they test on animals. And when I see their products, I actually I get furious because I think to myself, how dare you call me such an idiot? that I wouldn't have the smarts to go and have a look at the ingredients in your, in your products and see that not only have you wiped out tens of thousands of animals, but you couldn't give a flying freckle as to whether you wipe me out in the process and my family and the people that I love the most. Mm. You couldn't And our waterways and... Absolutely. Yeah. And to that extent, I get really passionate and mm. really furious. And I'm the kind of person who can, you know, get out there on a picket line and a big... Megaphone. So you're very articulate. Well, I would. Yes. I would. I would do it, and I would throw myself on a on a picket mm. line. I would. Mm. I'm quite the protester, but I, I rein myself back in. And and sometimes peaceful protest is just as as good as boisterous post protest. And peaceful mm. protest is you don't purchase them. Mm. I don't, and that's the thing. I'll you, hit, I yeah. hit them where it hurts, yeah, and exactly. that's what's in my mind when I go to the grocery store. I look at all the products in there and I go, you know what, I'm going to hit you where it hurts. Yeah, exactly. And it's not just because I object to what you do, it's I object to who you are and what you stand for. Mm. And I will hit you where it hurts and it'll be in the, in the, at the cash register. That's but the only way I can do it. The sad thing is there's only a small percentage, but that percentage is growing. Mm. And, and 
and hopefully people who have been listening to this. And telling five people that they know. <laughs> without going blind. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. Are we back to that again? I thought we'd got over it. I think you just started the whole thing and then you finished off talking about things like that. So I think having said that, we can say this. Mm. And I think we can probably finish up now. On that note. On that note. Look at that. Yes, I think so. Look at that. Hasn't this been exciting? Okay. Well, sum it up, actually, Karen. Like, sum up what what we've done. Yes, go on, Karen. Yes, Karen. You you left the room just before a minute ago. (laughs) Sum it up, sweetheart. (laughs) That was me slapping you. I did. Did that hurt? You've actually got finger marks on your arm. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> look, look, I if I was going to sum it up, thank you. Cindy. Really think about marketing and advertising, and really think about what it's trying, what fear it's giving you, mm. uh, what problem it's created, and what they've got a solution for. Mm. And really question it. Don't just take it. Oh my God, I've got bacteria in my mouth. I need Listerine. Yeah. You know, actually think about it. And by thinking about it, or ask us questions, you know, I'm up for a chat. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? Because we may have the answers and they might be questioning it. What about this ad? <laughs> you watch, there'll be a hundred ads <laughs> that we're going to have to look at. <laughs> but much better that, mm. much better that than the community remains ignorant to mm. it. Yeah. Because we're, and you know, here's, here's the problem that I think up for a chat fixes, if we're going to go there. Little marketing plug for up for a chat. Here's Here the go. problem. There's the solution. All humanity is blind, not because they masturbate. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think. I to finish them. <clears throat> no, but I think I think people I think people are blind. I think we're blinded. We're blinded by the, we're blinded by the light. No, we're blinded. We're blinded by cornflakes. <laughs> God, I'm trying to have a serious moment. <laughs> Philosophical moment to finish on, but no. <laughs> Cindy's starting to flap now. Okay. <laughs> no, I think I think that the the value that up for a chat actually gives to the problem that society has is that we don't know to look. Because if we knew better, we would do better. And up for a chat, you know. We have a lot of fun here, but at the end of the day, it's always about enhancing the human experience from a psychological, a mental, a physical, emotional, spiritual. It's always about enhancing the human, the human experience. So I think that that's the problem that Up For A Chat solves, but it comes from a place of integrity and it comes from a place of a wanting to make things better for people rather than wanting to make money. Because I don't know if anybody knows, we do not get paid for these moments. <laughs> we have fun. We have too much fun. And therein lies our payment. <laughs> and nobody was hurt in the production, nor did they go blind. So on that Yet. note, tart. On that note, I hope you've had as much fun on this podcast as we have and also gotten the seriousness of the message behind it. Start to pay attention, otherwise we will pay with pain. And the pain is illusory. It's not even real. And somebody's going to come along and give you a solution for it (laughs) and totally unnecessary. So join us on our Facebook page at allthews.facebook.com forward slash up for a chat. And let us know where you felt that marketing has had an influence on your family or marketing and advertising has had an influence over the choices and decisions that you've made. We actually want to hear all about it because the more light that we can shed on the subject, 
the quicker we can bring it to an end if that's ever going to be humanly possible. But I think it's up to us as humans to start to educate our suppliers and educate those that provide commodities to us. I think it's time for us to start taking the lead rather than them taking the lead because ultimately we've got our own uh, human expansion at heart rather than a dollar figure. So it's up to us to start putting ourselves back in the driver's seat. Why not? We can and we are. We are the demand. So we're the ones who have the demand. Why not demand what we want and what we need rather than what somebody else says we need? So pop on Facebook and tell us all about the things that you've experienced and all the marketing campaigns that you've experienced that you wish would change. Also, go to thewellnesscouch.com forward slash up for a chat and post your comments there. And join us here next week on Up for a Chat and be part of the ripple effect, telling five people at a time. <laughs> that's ch- and become part of the ripple effect that's changing the world. <laughs> we'll see you on the ride. See you next week. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.